You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by Director of Fun and Games, John Brazier. John, we were talking about it earlier. It's hard to believe we've never had this guest on our podcast. We thought we had him on. Yeah. I, I can't believe he wasn't one of I'm our earlier con- guests. I'm still convinced we had him on. I think we've all just got like selective uh, amnesia. Well, I think something. our guests would know whether he's been on or not. Tommy Green, have, have you ever you been, been on, on this with us? show? Well, I'm getting older, you know, so <laughs> my memory's not the, not the same, not like y'all's. I, I don't think, I, I, I don't remember. I mean, I talk with you, you guys a lot, but, I mean, I was like, uh, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. It's one of those things. You know what? Scott Brandreth or TJ Farrell will, yeah. will correct us right away if we don't. Or my sister Ellen, too. She's a loyal loyal yes. listener. But, uh, <laughs> well, you guys, I can see why you get confused because you guys have been uh, doing a radio show for a long time. Yeah. Many years. We do it on uh, Merrill Reese is the general manager for WBCB. It's a Phillies affiliate out of Bucks County, 1490. Yeah. And, yes, I, d- I, used to d- I used to do it with Ricky Batalico. And then uh, Ricky was doing more and more TV and then – uh, Tommy Green would fill in when Ricky couldn't do it, and then I don't know how long has it been—12 years or so since you've God, been. The I mean, I've been regular. up since really. I probably started doing it sometime, maybe filling in, maybe once or so, maybe 2011. I know 2012. Yeah. Now, now see that. I mean, uh, John is legendary for finding sponsors where you guys can do the show remotely. He's the best. <laughs> what is the best location? Oh, that's a no-brainer. Where is I the best you, location? I can tell you that right now. For for the for the radio show. Oh, for the best one we've ever had. Yes. Oh, it had to been the Golden Inn. We Golden were Inn. Or Keenan's. Keenan. We do it at Keenan's now. Well, I mean, so Stone I mean, Harbor. I mean, well, yeah. The reason why I say the Golden Inn, that's where I was married at. And right. He's got. Special connection I, got, there. I got a chance to sit outside the tiki bar there, and uh, you get to sit like you, you could sit out there with no shirt on and 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 get some sun and and the scenery around there was unbelievable. And you get paid? <laughs> you, you get pay, they pay you for that tea? They pay you for that? Well, you, what? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we did, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> Free so, beer. So Tommy, <laughs> but, I mean, but Keenan's is I mean a place we do Keenan's a lot, yeah. and I mean the guys there are great. Ah, Scott Keenan, John Keenan, the best. Yeah. So well, here's the best is that at Tommy's wedding. Which was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, 10 years again this years. June. 10 yeah. years ago, uh, again, the Golden Inn in Stone Harbor. And uh, the funny thing is, Ricky Patalico at the wedding said, yeah. you, Brazier, everybody, Milt, you, you're all getting up there and, and saying something, right? So I'm the only non-Philly, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say non-singer, but go ahead. Non- well, actually, <laughs> the only singer. what I did, I actually saw him break dance that night. Oh, yes. I did geez. at his wedding. Uh I might have sang too, but um, <laughs> but anyway, Vitalica says, "Get up there! You're making a speech." I'm like, "I don't know." I, it's like let, let the former players give a speech. So now that I'm rushing to having to give a speech, I literally was in. We're in line, like to basically everyone can give us a little speech. I had no idea what I was going to say when I got up there. So all of a sudden, the thought came to me, and I said, "And I said, because uh, Vitalica's the one to put me up to it." I said, "Hey, uh, 
I said to everybody, I said, well, Tommy and I go way back. We've known each other since 1994 when I first started. One of the nicer guys on the 93 team, which, you know, you could, you could say in a handful, right? It's, it was Milt, Jim Eisenreich, Kevin Stocker, Mickey, Mickey Morandini. Ricky Jordan. La- Ricky Jordan, Larry Anderson, and yeah, Tommy Green. Yeah, LA in there. And Tommy Green. I think you can stop after that, right? <laughs> so, so I get up there and I say, well, I said, I, I do a radio show with Tommy Green right outside on the beach. And we're facing the beach as people are coming off the beach. And I said, and here's the difference. I used to do it with Ricky Batalico. I said, here's the difference between doing a radio show with Ricky Batalico on the beach and doing it with Tommy Green on the beach. When I do it with Ricky, Ricky's looking at uh, the girls that are in bikinis coming off the beach. And Ricky's like, I'm, I'm in the middle of a point saying that so-and-so is doing a great job <laughs> as a leadoff hitter, blah, blah, blah. And I've lost Ricky because Ricky's not paying attention. He He's looking hear, at he hear what's coming off the beach. Said. I said the difference is when Tommy does it with me, Tommy has his shirt off, and the girls coming off the beach are looking at Tommy, <laughs> and they get distracted. They're That's not doing good. a radio show, but they get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and Ricky got all huffy and puffy, what I yeah, remember. You say, what, I'm not built like that? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> exactly right. That was funny. That was a that was a classic night. And then to see you break dance that night. Well, yeah. I mean. It was a but wonderful see, now, night in my life. I but I don't do that. break dancing anymore in my, at my age because uh, if I do it, usually someone hits me with an EpiPen thinking I'm having a seizure <laughs> or something down on the ground <laughs> before uh, I can get into the spin. I'm so sorry I wasn't at that wedding. Well, I, right. uh, I knew I got the invite to you, but I'm, you know, I was out of town. I don't know where the heck I was. But, well, but you're, now that, you're a busy man. I'm a busy man. But knowing that Frazier sang, maybe I'm happy I wasn't at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, Here we uh, go. There's a lot of damage. Daggers, darts being thrown. Because <laughs> now, we're, are you guys still down the shore in the summer? Uh, we do Keenan's. Okay, Keenan's. Uh, yep, still on Sundays. It's a pregame show uh, at Keenan's. And then during the, when the team's home, we do it right outside, inside the third base gate, pass and stow. Yes. And it's great because we uh, have Jason Firestone from Aramark that comes in every Sunday, home yes, game. Yes, he does. And he brings a different food item, which usually uh, Tom, Tommy's a diabetic, so he can't eat. Uh, but 99% of the food. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, I pick and choose, but Brazier gets his uh, – he's got both hands going. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, oh, please bring the turkey leg from Bull's Barbecue. <laughs> that would be me. That would be – I can eat that. Yeah, nice. That would be me. Yeah, so it's, it's good. And then we get the fans come through. It's great. Yeah, passing Stowe is a perfect spot for that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, and then we do it also in other – Bars and most, I think Tommy and I have done a, a show at every bar in Bucks County. Yes, um, we've done it from a tattoo parlor. Yes, we've done it from a beer distributor. Uh, right, we've done yeah. it from a liquor store. Um, uh, any other place? How about Pat Dion's place? The name of that joint? Yep, Dion's. Uh, uh, I don't know if we should say it, but you know, I mean, it's the name of a bar. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's a it's a cartoon character. Uh, Puss in Boots in, Puss in, in Boots. Levittown. Puss in Boots. Or Fair- <laughs> Fairless Hills. How did the yeah. tattoo... I mean, that's just being... I was just watching my P's and Q's right yeah. there. How bit. did the tattoo part of the place come? Were they a sponsor? They were a sponsor of the station. And the funny thing is we were... You know, people were getting tattoos, obviously, while we were doing the radio show. <laughs> and they offered if we wanted to get one. I don't, I don't have a tattoo. But they said that if we'd come back and do another show, which we haven't yet, they do a thing. It's almost like... You know how they do uh, for artists? Like, you can do paint by numbers or what's that... Um, you know what I mean, where they basically show you how to paint. Okay, yeah, Well, yeah. they basically would give you like a fake arm, like a rubber arm, and they teach you how to put a tattoo <laughs> on someone's arm with a, with a real needle and everything. So uh, we haven't yeah. done that yet, but no. we hopefully we'll do it at some point. Do you have any tattoos? The people there were cool. Do you have any tattoos? Yeah, I got I got one, my first wife, uh, who okay. passed away of cancer. Yep. I got her initials. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just a little something for me, and, and – uh, uh, 
and I, I got it before she passed, so she got to see it, and I wanted her to see it. Yeah, yeah. It was a good thing to, uh, to uh, I guess, remember, to be able uh-huh. to remember. It's my little thing. You know, hey, it's not so something I, that I, I love that I show a lot. I mean, other than if I'm at the beach or you know, would, you know, by the pool or something. So, out like of that. curiosity, how many guys? And maybe you don't know this question, but uh, just take a guess. How many guys in the '93 team have tattoos? Would you guess? Oh my god! Like percentage? Do give her percentage. Like. More than fifty? I mean, tattoos weren't the thing. They weren't, they weren't thing the back thing. Then. Yeah, I didn't have. It. I didn't have it back then. I'm trying. To, I know Mitch has some. Shillin has some. Uh, dude, did dude have ink? any? Does Inky have re- any ink? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Not off the top of my head, I don't remember seeing anything. All right. Hmm. I was back then. Yeah. yeah. But now, oh, now it's totally it's, different. Yeah. You know? I wonder what those things up. happen just like it happened to me. You know. Yeah. I mean, you. Lo- you know, I lost a, uh, uh, somebody very dear that you love, and then. Yep. And you. Know, it, and that's why I did it. Uh, but uh, some people, I, you know, I have – it gets to where it could get out of hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Oh, you know, gosh, It's like yeah. an addiction almost. So. Yeah. Uh, hey, Tom, let's go back to uh, Whiteville, North Carolina. Whiteville. Oh. Whiteville, Whiteville, North yeah, – yeah, it's it not Whiteville. Whiteville. It's Whiteville. Yes, that's how you know you're from back there, Whiteville. All right, and Whiteville is right – it's near Lumberton, right? It's almost on the border of South Carolina. Yeah, it's right. in between uh, Lumberton and Wilmington. Yep. So, uh, but you were teammates with Patrick Lennon, right? Yep. And uh, Patrick you guys Lennon, won- it was a year behind me. You guys person. won the state championship. How about this, uh, Tom? If I can throw some numbers out, I here. know what numbers you're going to throw at me, man. So These numbers a, are legendary. As a sophomore, in North Carolina. He, as a sophomore, he had a ten and zero record, and he hit three fifty. Right, as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. As a senior, he hit four ninety, and this is the best number out there. Yeah, it is. That his ERA when he was a senior. Was zero point zero seven. That was your earn run, or that was your that was your GPA at Drexel. Like Bob right? Gibson, uh, <laughs> blow, right? blow Bob Gibson right away. Zero point zero seven. And I lost two games that year. How many no hitters did he throw in? He uh, threw high nine total no hitters in high school, and he struck out two hundred seventy batters in one hundred twenty four innings. So T, here's the question: J- John and I, you know, we played baseball at a certain level we were not the studs what did it feel like to be the stud guy on your high school baseball like team that's a historic well, stud well I, I i never looked at it like that you know <laughs> no? it's, it's hard for me to uh i looked at it, i was just playing the game doing what i love to do i mean what i love was play the game i enjoyed the hitting side of it playing first base there's nothing like good defense it's not like picking a ball when a you know, when you uh, to save somebody from scoring from third base on a double play or something like that, that you have to pick it. Yeah. You know, to me, I enjoyed those side of the game, and obviously pitching your mano and mano with with guys. And I had, you know, I was, I had had to say I was probably, you know, I was grown my senior year. I was, you know, six five, right at, you know, and two hundred thirty pounds. I was a good yeah. size young man, but you know, still growing up mentally now. You know, you know, physically grown back then. <laughs> Yeah, we're well, all, we're still as males. We're still trying to mature. And your yeah. senior year, your senior year, a uh, lot of scouts coming to see you. I was very fortunate. Yes, um, I was. Very, uh, had guys that uh, I, in our program that when I was coming up seventh and eighth grade, I, I got the high school coach brought me out there, asked my parents if I could come out there, and asked me if I wanted to practice with them because he wanted because he took time to watch us when because he wanted to see the next group of guys and. Um, he got me to come out, and uh, here's the, he said, here's the rule. I want you to come practice with us. He says, I want you to throw BP. I want you to throw from 60 foot 6 inches, not 54 feet where I was throwing. He wanted to educate me to the mound, throw batting practice, not trying to strike guys out. If I see you trying to do too much, you're off the mound and you're done. 
You know, I'm not going to put up with it. Yeah, I want to see your job is to see how many times in a row you can throw it here, and how how man, I want the how how hard they can hit it. Is that's your job? That's a job for you, you know. And then you can you're going to hit and you can you know work on playing first base or whatever. I mean, wherever I want to try to put you, he'd put me at different places. And I happened to end up playing first base. You know, I gravitated that because I was starting to grow. Especially, I was going to say, my, how big were you? In, I mean, you're big now. Well, what, what are you now? Six foot four? Uh, yeah, I've lost you know probably. A half inch or so, or three quarters of an inch. I'm below about six, below over six four. Like two twenty five or what? What now? <laughs> oh my God! No, well, back in your play day, you're two twenty five. Well, right? yeah, my play. But uh, coming in high school that year, when I got in high school, I went from five eight or five seven out of eighth grade in June. By starting practice at the end of January, I was six two. Wow! And That's my break. and I just wasn't skin and bones. I and my weight came with me. I was one hundred seventy five, one hundred eighty pounds. You know. Mm. So, it kind of came with me. So, but so I had spent two years, you know, the seventh and eighth year. I was basically doing two a days, almost. I'd go out to varsity practice and do. It. He said, "But hey, you practice with us, you run with us, you're doing everything. Yeah, you know? we're not going sugar. You're not going to get to do what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so I did. And uh, when I got ninth grade, sixty foot throwing from the sixty foot six inch pound was nothing. You know? Yeah. So it was a huge thing for me. And my sophomore year. Was uh, when I got, say to speak, seen. Yeah. Um, I had two seniors that got drafted off my team that year. One in the second round, one in the twentieth round. One with the Rangers was a uh, a center fielder named George Threadgill. Never made it to the big leagues, but he was obviously um, he played center field. Had big time wheels, and I mean could run. And um, and then the other one was a shortstop. He ended up going to Clemson. He didn't sign. Was all ACC at Clemson, uh, mm-hmm. shortstop, third baseman, um, and, and and closed and pitched and uh, closed a little bit. Um, that's who I gravitated. That's who I learned a lot from was Chuck. His name was Chuck Baldwin, and uh, I learned how to do a lot work ethic wise with from him. The way you go about and play the game, I learned a lot from that. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro from that man. So yeah. you knew fairly early that that this could be something special. You might have a special talent to take it to another level. Now I know you were drafted eventually you were drafted in the first round with the 14th pick in the mm-hmm. 1985 draft. Um, but you must have also been looking at college. I think Clemson was right your Well, I mean I, I hadn't hadn't I was looking at different places. I got I mean when you start when you're on that board in the national you know, they put you on the you know whatever it is, your ranking list or whatever. They had me had me and Greg Olson one and two mm. as high school guys yeah. coming out that year. And um, you start getting stuff from everywhere. Um, I was fortunate. and I hadn't committed nowhere yet. I went out. I was. I took a trip out. to. I got offered Oklahoma uh, to go. I've never, I'd never been out. So I took a trip there just to see the program and, and, and see part of that that's in the middle of the country, you know, see if it's something I would be interested in. They just wanted me to pitch. I always told myself, I said, if I'm going to college, I'm going to try to play the game, see if I could do both. Um, and they just wanted me to pitch, so it made the decision easier. That's where Bobby Witt 
went to school. You remember Bobby got drafted the same draft I did too. Yeah. Um, uh, in the first round. Um, and then uh, I was I went I went to Clemson. You know, but the thing is, my my buddy who who got drafted went to Clemson. You know, when I was a sophomore, that's where he went to school. Was all ACC there, and it, it, they spent time. He told them. He told me later. He says I told him. I said you got to keep an eye on this kid. You know, so what they would do, they come, they they play out of comp, they play out of conference game at UNCW, Wilmington. Yep. And uh, they would stop in as a team, mm. not just you know, and watch us play. Mm. You know, during that during that time during that time of year. So and and uh, I think the the head coach's name was uh, uh, Bill Wilhelm was the, the the old time coach from back there, and he was old. He took time to watch me pitch. He took time, even if I wasn't pitching, I was playing you know, and swinging the bat, whatever I was doing. He took time to scout me, you know, scout mm-hmm. the baseball player, not the arm. You know, that's what the other people were after the arm. Um, and at, Clemson would have probably been the place I went because he looked at me when I did with that visit. He looked at me, he says, "If you come here, he says I want you to play both ways for me. You're gonna swing the bat for me." You know, he says, "Cause it's there." Yeah, you, you wanted know. to hear that. But yeah, is there a so, certain round? Like, if you had got picked in the third round. Would you have gone to college? At what point would you have gone to college? Uh, if I wasn't drafted in the first round. Okay, so anything after I told my first dad, I'd, I said, it's not worth me bypassing my college. The money wasn't that great uh, back well, then. Well, that answers my question, T, because now that you know, if you knew then what you know now, that the Atlanta Braves would be our mortal enemy, and here they come drafting <laughs> you in the first round, would you have said, uh, no, I pass. Sorry, well, I'm not going to go no, play for the Braves. I can't, I can't <laughs> say that, man, uh, because my life would uh, – where would I be? I wouldn't uh, – uh, I mean, obviously I'd, I possibly could be here, but the piece to resist, I, I wouldn't have met Wendy. Ah, my wife now. Hey, that's true. I've had her that's my right. first spring training with the Braves. With the Braves. Well, yeah. that's a great story. That go, go tell that story. Well, I mean, you're talking you're talking about my dear Wendy. is unbelievable. She goes by the name her her you know her given name is uh, Wendy Darling. Even though we're married, I didn't I didn't say no. You got to take my name. I said you can't give up that name. Yeah, that's a great yeah, name. I mean, it's it's, it's a great name, Peter, <laughs> Peter Pan, Pan, man. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that really endeared me. You know, when we first met, which was my first spring train. I got drafted in '85. You know. In, uh, uh, with the Braves in the first round. And I was supposed to go to Cincinnati, believe it or not, like the fourth pick, uh, the first high school guy taken. And uh, they chose to go the other way and take Barry Larkin, which was you know, not a bad ah. choice. You know? <laughs> you know, pretty good draft. Barry you know? Larkin. You know, Incavilla, Sirhoff, oh. Will Clark, uh, Rafael Palmero, yeah. Barry Bonds, Greg Jeffries. Wow. It, was, it was one of the best was drafts. It was unbelievable. 85. It's all it's, it was a great draft, Ooh. but uh, my first spring training the following the following March was down in West Palm Beach, um, and they put us in you know they housed the minor league guys in a in a I, it wasn't a hotel it was a motel yeah, yeah. it was yeah. outdoor you know everything opens up to outdoor yes. and indoor I mean not inside but indoor towards the inside of the place they had a pool on the inside yeah. well we get down there that day and there's five or six of us checking in at, during that time or whatever after we drove, I drove down. And uh, we get, we're lugging our bags. I'm up on the second floor. I go up the thing and look, and there's some old people by the pool, you know, our age now, you know, old people. <laughs> you know, I'm 18. And, uh, and I look on the other end, there's like all at the end of the pool, there's like 12, 12 girls. Spring break? Spring break. Yeah. 12 girls. <laughs> I mean, bikinis, regular. I was like, ain't half bad, you know. 
And they would come to find out it was 12 girls from her sinus college. Yeah. Right up the road here. Sure. And that's where Wendy went to school. You know, her and her. And uh, so, and they were like, uh, you know, by the end of the pool, and they were pretty upset because all that was in the hotel before they got, they'd been there a day or two. All that was in the hotel were a bunch of old people. They were pretty mad and (laughs) pouting and, you know. So they they saw us. I mean, some guys start walking in. I mean, like she tells us, like 120 guys filled her in during the day, and she was like, Eeny, meeny, mighty, mo. <laughs> and she says, I was, I was mo. You were mo. Yeah, I was mo. So, you know, we, you know, we, we got together down there. We met each other, met the friends. We had a great time. She got nice. to meet. She's got pictures of, you know, we had them at the wedding. You know, you, know, you got Dave Justice, Glavin, and all those guys. You know, we're all around and, and, and got a chance to, you know, to meet the girls there. And then life goes on, moves on. And I'm on a bus in the southeast in minor league baseball. She's in a dorm and, you know, up in the northeast and no cell phones, no emails and right. no communication. And, uh, you know, life moves on. And, uh, and it, you know, it was after it was 2010. I, I'd lost my first wife to cancer. And, and, uh, and she was at a function up here at the uh, Nebraska Steakhouse. And my dear friend, Darren Dalton, was there and the way Wendy puts it you know says she was there she says I'm gonna go ask Tommy you know she got pretty much dared dared to do it he won't remember you type thing you know she says I'm gonna go you know I met Tommy down there and I'm gonna go ask Darren about it and so she went up and asked him you know and and I I could still see Darren's thing because she's a 1986, I, I was with Tommy Green down in, you know, West Palm Beach, da, 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 spring training, and I could see Darren looking at her, like, really? Mm-hmm. You know? and, and here's my famous line. You've all heard it, and I've told all, y'all this story, you know, but is it, what woman on the face of the planet goes up to Darren Dalton and right. asks about another dude? Another guy. <laughs> right. Know. You know? Never happens. <laughs> and, I mean, it never happens. And at the end of the night, she did it again. I mean, she went and she said, here's my car, because Darren told her what was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and she and, and uh, she said, well, I'd, I'd love to get in contact with me or somehow reach out and send my uh, sympathies and or and get in touch with him just to see how he's doing and, and type thing. And and uh, and he saw something. Y'all knew Darren. Yep. Yep. And Darren was uh, – he saw uh, – uh, to this day, I owe him. You know, I told him before – I made sure I told him again before he passed when he was still my buddy, Darren, and that he could understand me good and, and how much he meant to me and how much he influenced my life and changed my life. Well, and, and he, and It's unbelievable. And, Tom, he was uh, – Darren was best man in Tommy's wedding that was at the Golden Inn. Yeah. But Darren uh, had recently – I think that morning, right? Well, well he well, – uh, I mean, we got married on, what, a Thursday, right? Uh I think he, I think Tuesday night we were going down and he had a radio show. He was on the radio and started having issues right. and he was supposed to leave out him and Amanda were leaving afterwards to come down because yep. he had, that was one that we needed it. We wanted to, he had to be there because, you know, that was the only way it, it still, it chokes me up a little bit, you know, thinking about the only way he couldn't make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something like that. Happened. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's go back. to As a player, though, you you get drafted by the Braves, you play with the Braves. Yeah. And then how about this, Tom? Uh, Tom? He uh, gets traded, right? Uh, he was a player to be named later uh, with Dale Murphy to the Phillies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for another player to be named later in Jeff Parrott. So little do we know that the player to be named later would be Tita. having a great season in, yep. in uh, 1993, leading the team in wins and throwing a no-hitter in 1991. Nice run, T. Yeah. <laughs> nice I mean, run. And, and, like, and after the no-hitter, and after the no-hitter, I remember getting on the bus in Montreal where it was a getaway day, right? Half the team was still probably hung over from two pre- two previous nights in Montreal. You know how that goes, uh-huh. playing a 12.05 getaway day. You know, <laughs> we had the B squad playing, um, as they say. But uh, I get on the bus, and, and the first one, uh, I mean, probably sitting in the second row or third row up there is Dale Murphy. He says, who was the guy in the Tommy Green trade? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let, let's. You know, that's, that's a great that's line. Murph. That's Murph. You well, know, that's a great. Well, line. Let, let's visit that day. So, I mean, I think right now it's. Is it the only no hitter ever in Montreal? Good question. I, I, I mean, th- I know it's the only visited one. Not sure. Steve I, Rogers. Never I think, threw I, I'm no-hitter. pretty sure it's the only visited one. I think. Okay, I only visited one. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to that 1991. So you're, you're. It's a getaway day, as you said. Day, yeah. day game. This is only your second start right. of the season, yeah. right? I think it's like your 16th start overall, right? You're you're thrown yeah, into so. kind of thrown into the uh, yeah. fire, right? Danny well, I mean, Cox, Danny Cox pulled a groin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, right. Danny Cox pulled a groin. Fagosi told me like you know, like three or four days before, he says you got the next three starts. Danny's groin's pretty bad, you know. So yeah, it's gonna be to go through. So and I had started before one one time for uh, uh, for Jose De Jesus. Yep. And. Um, he had back spasms right before he had to start warming up. So I was like literally running to the bullpen to get loose. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're in the, but you, when you're in the bullpen that day, did you, could you, looking back on it, could in you Montreal? Say, yeah, in Montreal. Were you thinking like, man, I'm having a really good bullpen session. I might be able to do something special today. <laughs> or, or does that no, not, no, <laughs> is that no, only that, in the movies? No, <laughs> I, I think mean, that's the movies. I'll tell you John. what, I, I credit a lot of things because I didn't really, I didn't pitch in the bullpen until I got into the big leagues. Mm-hmm. I was always a starter. Um, and it's a different beast down there. You have to learn, you know, I got through in the bullpen with Atlanta, you know, uh, and nobody bothered to help me. Uh, how do I prepare? How do I mean, it's just totally so, so different. My nothing against the people there. I mean, Phil Necro was my bullpen coach. Phil Necro was yeah. my bullpen coach. Right. Awesome. He wasn't a reliever. Yeah. You know, he was a great pitcher, but what I don't, I, I mean, I don't think he said three words down there. Right. While I was there, uh, so and and we were young. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I had never relieved before, so I didn't learn how to relieve until I got here. You know, and I started when I first come over. They had me starting and stuff. But the following spring training, we had such a young staff with Grimsley and Jesus and Pat Combs and you know those guys. And he had Terry Mulholland here. He had come over from uh, San Francisco uh, the year before and. Uh, they wanted a veteran presence in that uh, in that rotation, and then and in spring training that year, they had a left-hander. Uh, uh, what was his name? From he he played uh, Lapointe, Dave Lapointe. 
how opposite can you get between me and Dave LaPointe? You know, <laughs> I mean, he couldn't knock a glass of water over, you know, yeah. and I was a power guy, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm still, you know, trying to find my way a little bit. So they geared me up. I made the team out of spring training, but they, they lengthened me out mm-hmm. in spring training to be a starter. So at the end, they told me, you know, you split games a lot back then. I don't know how they do it now. We split games as starters uh, in spring training. We, you know, I might pitch the first two or three innings, and then Danny comes in. Danny, you know, uh, Jackson come in and pitch the next two or three innings, depending on how many pitches you're or how much you know, pitch count they're trying to get you to. You know, and then when you get at the end, you're trying to get up. I mean, you're throwing 100 pitches. I mean, then it's a start pitcher and relievers. But by the end, when they started. Uh, the final cuts and stuff like that before when it was getting down to nitty-gritty, they need to let the people know who was going to make the team and who wasn't. Pods come and told me, he said, you know, you made the team. And and he was mad. You know, he says, he says, but you're going, you're going to be coming out of the pen. I was like, I said, I don't care. You know, I said, I'm just going to – back then it was about yeah. being yeah, on the team. squad. Yeah, you yeah. know, I want to be on the squad. He says, I've – he says, I was in there live before. He says, no, he says, there's no way you shouldn't be starting in that rotation. You had a better spring than anybody here, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be there, and uh, and just because you know, uh, the reasons, whatever reasons were. I said, I said, Paz, don't worry about it. You know, it ended up helping me, you know, because I tell you, you knew who helped me a lot down there. Uh, Mitch Williams, hmm. Roger McDowell, Daryl Ackerfelds, Irish Mike Ryan. He was like EF Hutton. He didn't say – Mm. much but when he said something mm. it was golden you know talking about how to prepare yourself how to be ready for your role we had a well i knew i was going to be the long guy and the thing about being ready for those starts that i had early in that season talking about jose de jesus i ended up pitching six innings against the giants mm-hmm. for that spot start you know a couple hits that was it that's all i gave up and uh was i had to be prepared to pitch i mean Every day, I prepared my body to be able to pitch every day, you know, unless I threw like four or five innings or whatever they used me. But I had, after the first month or so, more innings than every starter, than, mm. except for Terry Mulholland. That showed you how much I, mm-hmm. we, where we stunk at the first half of the season. We really yeah. did. Totally opposite on the second half of the season. We yeah. were like lead, led the National League. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Towards the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. We had a great we had a great well, you know, talk, talk about Johnny Padre's pitch count. Back but then. uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's how that started. I mean, as yeah. far as uh, learning the bullpen and that type that type of stuff. Um you know. But uh Johnny's um it started I mean really Jim Fergosi was that. We never y'all sitting here you can look on the on the scoreboards out here where we at in the ballpark right now. I mean, you got the velocity you can see yeah. and got you everything. got the every pitch stat, count with balls and strikes yep. and all kind of things right in front of you. You know, we never had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we didn't know what was going on. Didn't guy really didn't care. All I care about were we getting outs. Yep. You know, when they were out there pitching. But Johnny you know? Johnny Padres had a good system. Oh, there. Johnny had a good system and uh, Fergosi, you know, <laughs> Was great. He didn't make us keep charts or anything, you know. He didn't need it. He had he gave Johnny Padres or made sure Johnny had a clicker, you know, just pitches. Now Johnny was the ultimate take care of his guy type pitching coach. You know, he's a pitcher's man. You know, if we were going good, 
it was always 10 or 15 less than what right. he really yeah, had. So for ghosts, he'd be like, Johnny, what's he up to? Yeah, and or something pitching. like, not that Jimmy really cared, but and if we were struggling a little bit, it was always 10 to 15 more. more right. <laughs> <laughs> he was always trying to take care of us a little bit. And and uh, uh, Jimmy, one day, he come out, he come out, he said, Pods thinks he's got me. He's got me fooled. I know exactly what he's doing. He says, "I know he's trying to take care of you guys." He says, "I don't need a clicker. I don't need a pitch count. Or I don't need this to show me what my eyes yes can yeah. old tell school. me old school uh, what I'm seeing. You know, lets me know because I know you. I know you when you're when when you're good. I can see when you're running out of gas. What happens when you do yeah. start running out or you start tiring a little bit? You start elevating too much all the time, you know. Sure. Which I see a lot these days. Anyway, guys, they they want them to throw up too much. They have trouble pitching down now. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, because they're throwing up so often. Yeah. Well, hey, let's fast forward to '93, Tommy. Um, you know, when you got to spring training, we had brought in a lot of guys. I, like you mentioned, you know, '91. Uh, we had a great finish that year, and then '92. That was you know, fun, by the way. Dyke, oh, what a what a run! At towards the end of that season, then Dykstra gets uh, you know the hand broken first game in '92, opening day. So '92 wasn't where you want it to be. So then that we was go Maddox, out. right? Uh, Maddox, oh. yeah, the bum, another brave. But uh, and then and then we get to '93. We brought in uh, some you know free agents that weren't the highly touted guys, but uh, you know gamers. There um, were foxhole guys. I mean, that whole team was a bunch of foxhole. You like to go to war with? Yeah. And did yeah. you realize that right during spring training? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it come together in spring training. You knew the type of individuals we had. You know the personalities and stuff that come in. And, I mean, being playing the baseball, coming through the minor leagues and, and playing some in the big leagues, you get the chance to see. Knows some of these guys, you know, like I played against Eisenreich and stuff in Double A when he was down was working. Obviously, he went through his ordeal and it was you know with Tourette's. He was dealing with that. The guy could hit falling out of bed. It's like Cruck, yeah. the same way. They just had a knack. You knew the type of hitters and stuff they were, but you you're, you're trying to learn the personalities that comes out in spring training. You knew the baseball player a little bit and how, what they could do. Then it was all about. Yeah, are they going to be? It's like Eisenreich. Was he going to be able to handle that that yeah. cast of characters that was down at the end of the clubhouse? You well, know? of course, Cruck. Brought, you know, he made sure uh, yeah. he, he brought Izzy into the fold and wondering uh, who who Izzy was going to eat. Made him. <laughs> made Izzy. He I, made Izzy feel normal. Yeah, that's why they said he's. I feel I'm the most, most normal guy here in this. And Tommy you had uh, you know Dave Hollins, who had been uh, led the league in getting hit by a pitch in '92. He <laughs> lays he uh, lays out the the law to the team, right, Tommy, and says, yes. "Hey, if uh, if if I keep getting hit, you're going to have a problem as a pitcher." So tell us <laughs> well, what. Here's the, here's the way it was. You're, put to you're me. probably the only one that wasn't intimidated. Well, right? I mean, Dave's Dave, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, Dave's Dave, and then Dave's Mikey. You know, yeah, there's yeah. two different dudes. Two, right. two dudes. Two dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in '92, it you know, last half of the year, I was I had I had uh, shoulder issues. I strained my pec, so I was fighting that at the end. So I didn't pitch it a lot at the end, and, and wasn't around as much at the end. Um, they because uh, I was rehabbing, you right. know, doing doing what I needed to do. And David got. I noticed. I was watching, keeping up. I said, "Dave's getting killed, man." But Dave was also a guy. That wouldn't move either. No. You know, he didn't mind. But there's times when you get hit, depends on where you get hit and, t- and the situations that thing. you, you got to feel what's going on. Um, he had told the pitchers at the end of the year that the, this is not going to happen anymore. 
uh, and and nothing being him not being, say to speak, protected, or or you know, something happening to, to let other teams know that that's not we don't appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so when spring training come in '93, I think it was on his top list of agendas to do during the course of that that yeah. spring. Once he once he knew I was healthy, you know, <laughs> he says, "Tommy, I didn't get a chance to." Uh, to to talk to you at the end, I said I, I told the pitchers last year, you know, at the end, he said I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I got to tell you just because I didn't, you know, tell you, he says I know I'm not going to have an issue, but he told me he told me he said hey that's not going to happen or and, and he said this is that he said would you have rather have a problem with them <laughs> or back in the clubhouse have a problem with me yeah. I think it's an easy choice. Simple. Easy so, choice. So then, Pretty simple. So then we're playing the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> Donovan hits Ricky Jordan, I think. Or, well, uh, it, it was a lot going into that. I mean, it was yeah, not yeah. a lot going into it, but a lot happened early in that game. And that was a day I was getting – we're talking about pitch counts and stuff. Being ready, coming out of spring training, it was the first time I was going – being lengthened out. Being – throwing 100 pitches. I had to right. get up, you know, to 100 pitches that day. And the game happens. We're in St. Pete. Um, Donovan Osborne's pitching. He's left-handed. I don't know if it was the first inning or wherever Dave where Hollins' yeah. the head was Bat. hitting yeah. at me, wherever he was batting. But Dave's a, a switch hitter. So, obviously, he's turned – he's batting right-handed against Donovan, who's left-handed. And um, it gets 0-2, right? Their pitching coach, old Red over there, I think – they called him Red. Uh, I can't remember his real – I mean, his – Give okay. a name, but yep. uh, old school, been around forever. Old school mm-hmm. baseball, I get it. Uh, got a left-handed, <laughs> left-handed pitcher. It's the first time I think I've ever seen Dave on the dirt. Hmm. He went, he flipped it. Oh hmm. two, old. I mean, it was really old school baseball. But it, I mean, it was like an ear. It yeah. was like an ear hole shot. Like he, something had to go. He had to go down, and and I, mean, I was two seat. I mean, you had Darren sitting. A little bit further away than you, and you had somebody sitting there, and there was a spot for me. I had enough room for me, and because I, I, I think we had pitched one or two in, I can't remember where Dave was hitting. But I looked at Darren, and Darren looked at me, and he says, First guy. First guy. Going I said, down. I said, You got it. You know? <laughs> nice. And I was like, And who was that poor sucker? Well, <laughs> first guy. We yeah. go out there, you know, and, you know, I'm already amped up, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The adrenaline's going. I didn't know who was up. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't look at the, the light up. Car. It didn't matter who was right. up. Yeah, right. I go out there, and uh, the guy walks in the batter's box. He's left-handed. And I look at it's friggin' Osborne. Nice. Couldn't have been any better. Perfect. And that's yeah. what's so great about National League baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a guy. That's why people end up hating Pedro Martinez so much back in the day because he pitched for Boston all those years. And, and Pedro would come. He wasn't afraid to get up in right. there either. But, but he, he also didn't have knew, to bat. Yeah. There was a couple times. I mean, I remember Philly's getting into it with him, you know, yeah, back in the day. Mike Williams, I think, had something with it. Okay. You know, that type of thing. But um, he, uh, he, he must have known something. Right. Uh, because he was as far away <laughs> and far back in the batter's box. I'm talking just – his heels were out. Of the batter's box going east west, right, mean, right. I mean, his his and his t- toes were in, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was it. And Dutch, he puts, he sits behind on play. He's not, he he gives me fastball in and sets up on the inside corner. Didn't make it obvious. Sets it up. Yeah. And I got him. 
hey, I let her rip, man. I've got him in the best place I possibly could. It wasn't there. It wasn't up at the head. I yeah. mean, it was the right. I got him. He he tucked. It was like it, it was in no man land. He didn't know which way to go. Uh-huh. And it went right form. underneath his elbow, uh, his right elbow, because he was batting that way. He went right and got him right in yep. his ribs right there, and it went straight down and stopped right there is how good I got him. Nice. It didn't reflect off or go anyway. <laughs> it was one of those, It just you, you hear it, and everybody goes, ooh. Well, that's just <laughs> one of those good ones. And I threw it as hard as I could. Yeah. And that was one of those things. You know you got it good because he walked down to first, and I was a little amped up. I walked the next guy, right? Yeah. And there's obviously nobody out, and and he's wa- and he's walking down to second base. Osborne is. He didn't make it to second base. He crumbled over. Is that right? Friggin', they had to come get him. Oh, is that right? I got him good. You did. And then it started. It, it, to me, yeah. it really started. Um, I ended up getting, believe it or not, the next pitch was a double play ball and struck out the last guy. Yeah. Got out of it. I ended up going seven innings. Didn't give up any runs. But my at bat. Yeah. My back, I come up to a bat the next end. They they brought another guy in. Uh, he was a soft throwing lefty, mm-hmm. uh, Lance Painter, a little curveball specialist. But I mean, he's, I mean, he threw upper eighties, maybe ninety, and uh, <laughs> he throws four balls like belt high inside. Mm. I mean, all I had to do, I, I kind of moved right. back, and he missed me four times. He was mm. throwing at me, yeah, yeah, but throwing at me in the right way, and so I take my base. I come up again. We, I'm still pitching during the course of that game. Yeah. Getting out to – I end up pitching seven innings, 100, whatever, 105, whatever pitches I threw. And uh, I come up again against another lefty. And this guy, uh, I think, was Eversgard or something like Julesgard or Eversgard. Or I can't remember. Uh, he threw like 93, 94. Pretty good. His first pitch was – and he's left-handed. His first pitch was over my head. This is spring training. Jay. Over my <laughs> yeah, head. Spring training. Over my head. <laughs> And Joe Torrey was the manager back then of the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. And the pitching coach and stuff, they sit outside the dugout. And I said, I looked at, I mean, I looked at and I said, if he hits me in my head, I'm coming there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I said, you take care of this. Teach these guys how to do it right. You know, I, you know, got back in the, he threw, he threw me a pitch inside, it, not at me inside, I hit a double off the gate in left center. Nice. You know, that was the piece of the resistance. Then they hit Ricky. Then they hit Ricky. Then right. after they took me out of the game the next end, they hit Ricky. Ricky charged and it went Ricky off. Ricky Jordan <laughs> charges the mound, John. Can you believe it? Like the nicest guy on the planet. And, uh, All right, well, oh, that guy, you never saw coming. He's just he, – he had a switch. He had a little switch clear. in him. I got to yeah. go back Go back to the no-hitter. Yeah. First of all, I, I love – how many times you get a chance to talk to somebody through a no-hitter? <laughs> we, we, well, we did. We talked to Rick Wise. Yeah. Um, and he could hit too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, um, so – the last batter. I know you've had uh, – you had you were close to no-hitters in minor league, right? Yes, yeah. That's, you, like, that, but people don't know. I mean, I've you, told the story enough. They might know now. But I was I had – coming up with the Braves, you know, my pitch coach through the minor leagues was Leo Mazzoni. Who, I mean, most baseball people know who yep. Leo Mazzoni Guy was rocks back, back and forth. Yeah, he was a rocker. But I had him throughout the minor leagues. And then A-ball, I had one in A-ball. Two outs, two strikes on the last batter. Had a Latin guy batting. I literally threw one of probably about that far off the plate mm. with two strikes. He one-hands it, hits it right on the barrel of the bat, and it goes up the middle for a base hit. Uh, I could not believe it. But that's I, not the only I, time I it throw, happened. I, I don't think I could throw it far enough <laughs> right, any right. farther and the catcher catch it, you know. And, um, and uh, that happened. I finished the game, you know, one hit, no runs. Next year, double-A ball, same thing. Two outs. Two outs, two strikes. Two strikes. Uh, I think 
Pete Falcone, big left-handed, big left-handed hitter. Uh, hits one off the end of the bat, pulls it around. I mean, pulls it, you know, threw a, a, a good ball for him to do. He tried to pull it, and he hit it off the end more, but it was just if the shift, if we were playing the shift, I mean, not like they we had been with somebody in left field. Lemke was playing second. Dove. Or, no, Gant was. Gant had oh. to be playing second that time. Hmm. Huh. Gant dove. It went right by the end of his glove. You know, it wasn't a hard hit ball. It was just in the perfect spot. Triple A. Last same thing happened again in <laughs> Richmond. Two outs, two strikes. Last batter. Lemke's playing second that time. I never liked you, that guy. You remember? <laughs> yeah, he was killer. Philly's wasn't killer. He? he was a Philly <laughs> killer. Know. Yeah, him and, and he wasn't tall. No. But if he'd been an inch taller, he would have <laughs> yeah. caught the ball <laughs> that happened to him in the right. third inner. It, yeah. it was one of the, it was a shattered bat in half. Oh. Broken bat blooper over to second baseman. All right, so head. now you've got battle scars. So now you've got two outs. Yeah. Right? Did you get a two a two strike count? No. Uh, here's here's my thought. Uh, I, you know, I struck out Galarraga to lead off the inning, and I think mm-hmm. Walker was the next batter. We got he uh, breaking ball ground out. Um, so now what's going through your mind right now? You got two outs. <laughs> okay. And you've already, I got the ball back. He's not playing. And you've done base. it every level. So now you don't want to do it on this level. <laughs> no. Well, I mean. I did think uh, think of something, Dummy. When I got the ball back, before I walked up to back of the mound, I didn't have to worry about the, the – don't get me started on the pitch clock. But I didn't have to worry about the pitch clock. Yep. So, <laughs> I had a chance to – I was rubbing up the ball for a second, and I thought about Leo. Because after the last one I had in AAA, he, he looked at me and says, you know how Leo could be. He, he, I, you know, he's like the Tasmanian devil. He could be a little red blank, you know. Yep. Yeah. And uh, – and he said, when are you going to finish one of these bleeping things off? <laughs> you know, you could just hear it. You yeah. just visualize. You know, he just kind of turning the screws to me a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? And uh, when I walked up the back of the mound, I was walking, I said, this one's for you, you little. <laughs> I thought to myself, and I said, there's no way I'm going two strikes on this guy. And who are you and facing? Le- and, uh, Tim Wallach. And Wallach. Okay. Oh, and I said, there's no – I said, no way unless he fouls off two pitches right there. Because uh, I'm trying to go right at, right down the middle with him. Yep. Yeah. And he hit a comebacker to the man. And the first right? pitch, he hit a comebacker. Right, I mean, yep. one hopper right back to me. There yeah. it is. So, And then someone uh, called you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> After all the hoopla, right. it is a getaway day, you know. Yeah. We're trying to get out of there once every – but everybody's – I mean, the mood is outstanding. The clubhouse sure. is small. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's – Beer flying everywhere, and I mean it is. And then it, everybody's trying to take showers and get ready, and you know, and people saying, "Hey, Greedy, you got a phone call? You got a, you know, the clubhouse guy? Yeah, yeah, you Claude. He's talking in his big French accent. You know, hey, you got a phone call back here in the back? The Prime Minister of Canada. Hey, bring me actually, it's the Prime Minister of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know anything <laughs> right, different. Right, you know, so right, I got about to get on the phone, and after he handed me the phone. You know, he went out the door and went to the other room and picked up the phone <laughs> and was talking to me in the French accent. Wait, started, who, I'm sorry, who was this? It, it was uh, it was Claude, the clubhouse, clubhouse guy. guy. The clubhouse and, guy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and everybody started having a hoot and had a – who put him up to it? L.A.? Who, no, L.A. wasn't there. Oh. Roger McDowell. Roger. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, right. it's the <laughs> – it's basically L.A. Yeah, While he's giving me a hot again. foot. Yeah. yeah that that's, is, a, that's a guy you had to know where he was at at all times. Uh, uh, Roger McDowell. Roger. You probably remember uh, him. What a prankster. Tommy, too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Since we have you on, I mean, we always, uh, every time we're together, we're always talking about Harry and uh, certainly oh. what he meant to that club. But, you know, um, talk about the lucky tea he gave you. That day. Um he come in. I remember after that, he he showed he showed me what he had after I threw the no hitter and the stuff. He come. Um, I don't know if it was at home or it was in Pittsburgh. While I was in Pittsburgh, he come to because we went from Montreal to Pittsburgh, and the place was sort of nuts too. People were trying to get in contact with you. Know, you know, phone phone calls going nuts. And, you know, I had to end up changing rooms or whatever, change my whatever. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, but he told me that he had he, – he said, I come from – I'd played golf. He said, I played golf up in Montreal. And you know he always had his blazer with him. He always had yep. whatever. He, he he had come, you know, the day before the second game, he had come from the golf course with that blue blazer. And 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 he was cleaning out his pockets when he got there a little bit. And he, he happened to have a tee in there. And it was a Carolina blue – happened to be a Carolina blue golf tee. And – and he put it in his jacket pocket. Well, the next day, I mean, we're getaway day. We everybody's got their sports coats or whatever. We have to carry one and wear one or whatever. At least carry it. And um, he gets to the he gets to the uh, uh, the radio booth like we're in that, that right now. And he takes off his jacket. And he, I mean, he's just going through his pocket while taking stuff out. And then he had that tea. And he put it up on the. Put it up on the desk, right? Or the, well, I don't know what you call this. I guess counter. you call it counter yep. or whatever. And uh, he had it there, and I threw the no hitter. Wow. From that day forward, he'd walk through the clubhouse. I mean, if we were home or wherever we were at, and if I was pitching that day, he'd go, "I well, got it for you, Tita." <laughs> and that, but that's how you got the name Tita Green. Yeah, Tita it's Green. the Tita Green. Yeah, T. Yeah, he'd call me. It kind of got broke down to Tita. You know, T T D A T Tita. You know, T E E D A, whichever one you want to call it. And or what? Chris Berman used to call me T Two Green. You know, type like that. Used to do it, but Harry was Tita. <laughs> and then the Dutch was the real kind of broke it down. He said Tita. One last story too for uh, my fiftieth birthday. Uh, I had a bunch of uh, couples came out, to, from that trip. came out to Costa Rica, and Tommy and Wendy were one of the couples. And a friend of mine has a zip line, Tom. And the zip line <laughs> is on the west coast of Costa Rica, up in Tamarindo. And it is the, he has this adventure park, and the zip line, one of the legs, you have to take a bus 80 stories high. It's up a cliff. You take a bus up a cliff. They give you a shot of rum. It's one of those buildings right, right there right. we're looking at. Yeah, right. Right. and you're not over trees. You're not over a canopy. Scoreboard. You're, you're literally the you're ground, off a cliff. and you're heading towards the water. <laughs> and so we get up there, and it's a two-minute ride, which is a long ride. And it's a tan- it's not stories a tandem, high. It's two dust, a double two, run. And they they said, now I think they've changed it now, but they said oh, it's too windy. We can't go, like go sitting. You have to get basically in a body bag, and your body is parallel to the ground. Superman. You're like Superman. Your right. your yep. your yep. hands are down by your sides. You're you're a bullet, right? Yes. Your head leading the way. Cool. And so Tommy, at 200 and however many pounds uh, he big. is, uh, was the guinea pig. Well, right? uh, no, here's the way and, it was and, put. And when and we Lee. got off the bus, I'm one of the last ones because I was sitting in the back. You know, I'm, I'm a head above everybody else. You know, and the guys who are putting helping, you know. The people running the the ride or whatever you want to, do. Hey, are you looking? I hear somebody. Hey, big guy, 
You know, because starting <laughs> yeah. in you know, Latin or whatever, yeah. Spanish or whatever. Yeah. Hey, big guy. Yeah, yeah. They waved me up, right? And I was like, and before they do that, they give you what? Shot of rum or something. Yeah, they give you yeah, a little bit of break <laughs> calm, the ice. Yeah, calm bit. the nerves. Calm, yeah, calm the nerves a little bit. But say, big guy, <laughs> you go first. Huh. And I was like, the only saving grace, I was like, I was like, okay. I was sort of, but the owner, the, the yeah. builder. And this park had opened up he, like 10 days earlier. Yeah, okay. he, he, come, he come with, he was on the other one. beside. So we were, we were like okay. racing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get up on, I was the first one, and everybody, what was y'all's thought? Well, we said if, 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 it, if, it, if it crashes because it can't take his weight, right. then we don't have to go on. Yeah, right. yeah. Just, and we know it. If it holds, right. if it holds Tommy, yeah. it'll hold all right. you know, the rest of us. Right, unless you loosen all the screws on your way down there, right? Oh so. man, you talking, but, you talking about a good ride? Nice. That was fun. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that was yeah. Good. that was that was good. That, that, was, that a, was a good ride. A great I'd, trip. I'd do that one again. It's the other one I wouldn't do. Oh yeah, he almost he almost went through. He was so heavy and coming in so fast. Well, he, okay, easy heavy, on the heavy part. Heavy. Well, mean big, no, mean big, big like big in boned a, in muscular way, right? Yeah, in muscular course. way. <laughs> he almost he was coming in way hot. And, oh, and really? I, I mean, and he, luckily he it could have been. I, I thought it was gonna be a bad injury. It, it, well, like it, George uh, in a jungle oh right into a God. tree. It's, <laughs> right. it's like the braking system didn't catch to yeah. when it was supposed yeah, to, yeah, yeah. and it and really the the landing pad wasn't really no. It wasn't big at all. They needed to make that. I got lucky on that one. If I I kind of saw it coming, I was like, this thing's not. And I I pulled. I was a, I actually pulled my because you were able to sit on yeah, this yeah. one more. I actually leaned back. And pulled my knees to me, or oh. it would have caught my shins. Oh. It probably would have probably yeah, would have broke my shins. It would have been ugly. It would have oh. been bad. But it hit me across the small, uh, up right atop, small of my back, not on my back, but like the top <laughs> in between your butt and your, and in your back. And so I got lucky. It was probably the best place it could have hit me. Yeah. But that needed to be changed. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they did that. And we're going back to Costa Rica. <laughs> oh right? gosh, yes we are. Yeah, we're nice. going back. Great place. All right, Tom. Quit. You know what's time uh -oh, for? It's, it's quiz time. All right. Hit me. Well, what, you want to introduce the quiz, Tom? This is the – oh, oh do we, uh, should we run our uh, John Brazier music? Got uh, music? Well, it's not – it's Skip Denenberg music. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Here, hey, Tom, you got to hear this. This is the uh, theme song for the John Brazier quiz. You ready? Hit it. Yeah. Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stop you with Brazier's Quiz. What what you think, T? Is that a great is that That's a great unbelievable. Theme song? <laughs> yeah, we're a professional podcast outfit here. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, the real really? thing. All right. Well, not only that, I can't but, believe y'all have that song. But we have T-shirts made of backstage Burgoyne and Brage, and uh, we actually it's eight. Eight-question quiz. I don't think I ever told you you're getting a quiz. No, you but didn't. eight-question quiz about your life, right? Multiple choice. <laughs> and if you get six out of eight. <laughs> uh, about my own life, right? Yeah, we don't have we don't have a T-shirt that, 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 again, yeah. when I say we'll big, I'm saying muscular. Together. <laughs> we don't have a T-shirt that fits a muscular <laughs> guy yeah, like right. you. So oh, it'll yeah. be for Wendy. Wendy gets a T-shirt. <laughs> Wendy will get a T-shirt. If you get six out of eight. All, All right. right. All right. We ready? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Number All one. Right. Question Shoot. number one. Uh, do I put this in a Tom Green accent or a regular accent? <laughs> You went well, to, I might not be able to understand you, it if you it went comes to, from you. You went to Wattville, Wattville, <laughs> Wattville. You went to Wattville High Wattville. School in Wattville, North Carolina. Yeah. Which of these celebrities did not go to Wattville High School? <laughs> Was it Mackenzie Gore, mm -hmm. comedian Carrot Top, Chester McLaughlin, or Chris Wilcox, former NBA player? 
Oh, that would be Carrot Top. <laughs> carrot Top did not go to White. That would be up. Carrot Top. All right, one for one. One for one. Face hit up the middle. All right, we had some were, pretty good athletes come out of there. Yeah, how about that? Chester McLaughlin. Uh, you were drafted in the first round, as we mentioned, 14th overall in the 1985 yeah. draft, which was a go back and look at that mm. draft. That is a spectacular draft. Yeah. Which player was not drafted ahead of you that year? Three of these guys were drafted ahead of you. One guy was drafted behind you. Okay. So who was the one behind you? Okay. Is it Rafael Palmero, Pete Incaviglia, Barry Larkin, Barry Bonds? Uh, Palmero. Palmero, number 22. You're right. Uh, two for two, Tommy. Inky, two in the uh, class 85. Inky. Yeah, Bobby oh, Witt. Barry Larkin. I mean, I'm telling you, this is a great Sorrell. class. Bonds. All right. Ready? Your first team was with the Pulaski Braves in the Appalachian League. You said that pretty good. Pulaski? Pulaski. Pulaski. <laughs> it was with, was with a Pulaski Braves in the Appalachian League in 1985. Who was not a teammate that year? So three guys were a teammate. You have to go back in the, wow. in the time machine. Three were a teammate. One was not. Okay? Okay. Here it is. Bean Stringfellow. Thornton. Da- David Justice. Uh-huh. Ryan Doricott. Rob Tomberlin. So Dor- one, Doricott. Doricott is right, and he Not works in our, in, our, in our advertising sales department. So, yes. It's a good baseball that Rob Tomlin was a name. I had to think about that because I do remember him now, but there was another Tomlin I played with the next year. You know, okay. yeah, it was Andy Tomlin. So Andy Tomlin. I just, but Rob, I do remember he, he was an infielder. All right, and Bean Stringfellow, you can't forget that hey, one. Hey, you know his real name, right? No. Thornton. Thornton Stringfellow? Thornton Bean Stringfellow. <laughs> that was his name. How about that? That's a classic name. Well, you get this one already. The I number think he four. Ended up You're being getting... with the Boris's group at one time. I, right? I think, or he might have opened up his own oh. agency. Yeah. Now, yeah. I I kind of alluded to this, so you've got an inside track here. Uh, you became the first visiting pitcher to hurl a no hitter in mm-hmm. Montreal's history. Is that true or false? Uh, I think that's true. True is true. Yeah. See that mm-hmm. visiting All right. player. All right. You are four for four. I like this question right here. Which ex- expo was not in the lineup? On the day of your no-hitter, which, okay. which expo was not in the lineup? Okay. Larry Walker, mm-hmm. Delino DeShields, mm-hmm. Tim Wallach, mm-hmm. Tom Foley. Tom Foley. Tom Foley was not in the lineup. Five for five. Five for five. Team right. the green. Now, I should give this one Spike to Spike Owen played short that day. I'd love to give this one to Tom uh, because I don't think you know the answer. But, uh, Tommy, yeah. who played third base for the Phillies that game? Who played third oh. base for the Phillies that Rod game? Rod Booker. I was going to say, Dave Hollins, Rod Booker, Charlie Hayes, or Rick Shue. Rod, Rod Booker. Would you have gotten that, Tom? No way. You're right. hey, you he, talk he, about another good guy, huh. class act. Rod Booker. Best guy on the Did planet he play much? type guy. I, I we had a bunch of – we had a few of those guys with, like, Mickey and Stocker and, yeah. and, and Milt and, I mean, Ricky Jordan. And, and Rod Booker was in that same classification back then. Utility guy, though, too, because oh, yes. he played a lot of outfield, yes. too, didn't he, Very Booker? good. Oh, yeah. great guy. Huh. Rod Booker. All right. Uh, All right, two more, basically. Two more. You, you basically qualify. Wendy's getting Wendy's a T-shirt. Wendy's getting a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, if yeah. I can find a T-shirt big enough. I stay in the good graces. Muscular, I stay in the good graces. Because <laughs> your musculature, I'll see <laughs> yeah. if I can find a shirt big enough. Musculature. All right. Your, your wife is from Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Yeah. Right? What is the town's slogan? Okay. Is it cooler by the mile? Is it as wild as you want it to be? Is it beach culture redefined? Or is it the seashore at its best? Seashore at its best. Did you know that, or did you just guess that? 
It makes more sense. Right. I think I knew it. Did you know that, Tom? No, I did not know that. I thought right. I'd heard it, but I didn't know for definite. But it, that sounds like that sounds like Stone Harbor. You know? Yeah, you are seven for seven. Yeah, we haven't had many guys go eight for eight, T. Not too many. I think Ruben did it maybe. Yeah. Jason Stark might have done it. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to go back. Oh, right. no, you threw Ruben in there. The last question. <laughs> the last question has nothing to do with you. Oh, really? Well, it does a little bit because you said you, you were thinking about going to Oklahoma. Yep. Right? So uh-huh. that there is a little tie in there. Okay. Tangentially, uh, all right, here we go. What sport does Tom Burgoyne's son currently play at the University of Oklahoma? Okay, mm-hmm. his son plays is a club, but he, but he, yes, it's only because, okay. Well, I'm not going to give you any more further, okay, but he plays club, but it's a sport at the University of Oklahoma right now. Is it fencing, gymnastics, cross country, or squash? I'll give it to you again fencing, gymnastics, cross country, or squash. Gymnastics. Bang. Gymnastics, eight for T eight. The grade. How did you know that? that? How did you know that? Uh, How about that? Uh, <laughs> did you guess that? Yeah, one? I think we've. Uh, I think my long-term memory is a little better than my short-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we. One of the cruises. I'm sure. One of our vacations. We yeah. uh, <laughs> talked about Matthew and his. Yeah. Uh, Exploits out there. Yep, yep. Yeah, I remember talking about. I said, I wish I was flexible, like a. <laughs> I'd oh, be able to swing a golf club better. Crazy. Well, like I, a gymnastic. I was in Fort Worth this past weekend for a yeah. wedding, and the women's final four gymnastics uh, was in. We had a bunch of the Oklahoma girls staying in our. Hotel. Yeah. And uh, we've been down there. We were there last year for a <laughs> Poor Brace. Uh, fun place, right, John? I hate I to love say it. Fort Worth. We're not Dallas great. fans, of course, but Fort Worth is I a lot I knew of fun. nothing about Fort Worth. Well, and I rode a horse for an hour. My back's still killing me. <laughs> yeah. I went to a uh, bull riding. We uh, used to. The cat Billy Bob's. I remember back in the day, I mean, traveling a little bit with playing AAA ball and stuff like that. <laughs> Talking about. Airports, spending time in airports in the minor leagues, you know, especially, I mean, uh, in AAA, you got a chance to fly a little bit, but. You know, sometimes your layovers were like stupid, and some airports are better than others. Yes, you know you people watch. Fort Worth was a good place to watch people. Yeah, it's yeah, been, yeah. There were some good looking people to yeah. come through that place. A lot it of cowboy boots, girls yeah. in cowboy oh, boots, oh, yeah. and cowboy yeah. hats. Skirts, you know, My daughter it, bought a pair I mean, of white I mean, cowboy that's boots. Just being, that's no. just stating a fact. You know, it was true. just just a stating a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. A lot of great barbecue, steaks. Whole, well, I didn't want to get Brazier in trouble right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, T, uh, I can't believe it took this long, but uh, glad you could join us on the podcast, pal. Well, I'm glad you had me, guys, because yep. I mean, y'all guys are great. We, I, we I enjoyed it. listening to y'all guys. Yeah, you guys are funny, too. Well, <laughs> that's why. Just look at Brazier. You can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he is funny looking. Uh, all T, right, John, you're the best. Love you, pal. The best. We're going to sign off. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time on Philly's Backstage.